Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick, live from the VR shop. If you want to get in touch with us, go to HyperClean Specialist on Facebook and join that group. Men and women sharing all of their cars and things they're working on and where they're using hyperclean products and we get to answer questions and it's a pretty active group and it's growing by the day so we want to thank everybody if you want to check us out on hypercleanstore.com that's also a good place to find us i want to talk a little bit today about something and i'm going to probably go into a different train of thought about every few minutes here because i've been doing this so long but I want to talk about a restoration project that I shared on HyperClean Store Instagram Stories yesterday, which was a Ferrari 328 GTS. This product, this uh, car was dropped off at a shop, a mechanic shop that I work with. I wouldn't say exclusively, but we do some things together. And he's a friend of mine, and he's good at what he does, and he takes care of all my stuff and, and I really trust him. And, and so he has a guy come in and say, I want to restore this vehicle. It's a 1987 Ferrari 328 GTS. Largely considered one of the most user-friendly Ferraris because you don't have to do engine out service. The, ser the engine can be serviced in the car. So it's actually a great Ferrari to own, largely considered to be the most dependable Ferrari by most Ferrari owners. And it's absolutely a great, great Ferrari to drive around, enjoy, whatever. This car was about $63,000 new in 1987. If I'm, I think I'm probably uh, pretty close on that. I'm doing it off memory. And now they're regularly selling between one hundred and one hundred seventy-five to two hundred thousand dollars. Pretty good, nice, nice chunk of change for a car, largely that wasn't thought of as that special, uh, but was always respected. Five-speed manual, fun to drive, two hundred seventy horsepower in the time. I think top speed somewhere around one hundred fifty-seven, one hundred sixty miles an hour. This is a good car, fun car. Love driving it around. So I pull up because my buddy Mark says, hey, man, I need you to stop by and check this restoration project out. I don't know what we should do. Cool. I shared the pictures and I shared a joke. There's a huge red flag to me when a car doesn't have the right sized tires on the car. I had this recently. I shared with an X5M when I went to a BMW dealership. I now pull up in this 328 GTS does not have the right size tires on it. How's that possible? One of the most basic things you should do is always put the perfect size tire on for your car and buy the highest quality tire you can. It'll make driving better. It makes grip better, especially on a sports car. Put Sport Cup 2s on anything. It makes it better. Some people like a different brand, but high quality tires. And I look at my buddy, Mark, and I go, what the hell am I looking at? He goes, oh, don't get me started. So we now have to game plan a true 
restoration project and why. So if somebody has owned a car, a 1987, and they're not willing to spend the proper amount of money to put the proper tire on the car. Now, mind you, you're not talking about a $50,000 expense with tires. He basically put $600 worth of tires on a car to do it properly was $1,200. When we're talking about a Ferrari, that kind of shows you the lack of class and ownership that this previous owner had. Now I have some backstory with the car because I actually know the owner that sold this car. Don't know him personally. I mean, I just know of him and he's, he's got poor, poor taste in doing the right thing. None of his cars are in great shape. I've had other people buy some of his other stuff that needed massive amounts of restoration work. He has no class when it comes to owning these cars. And that sounds like a pretty harsh statement, but it's a statement I've made on this podcast before. I don't care if you own a Honda Civic. I don't care if you own a Ferrari. There's no reason not to mechanically take care of a car. There's no reason not to put the right tires on a car. There's no reason not to do the right thing for the car. You bought the car. Take care of the car. It shows that you have a pride in the things you own. When it comes to big business deals, one of the secrets many, many rich people will give you is they will actually look out your, their window, not to see what type of car you drive, but to see if your car is dirty or not. And if they have a chance to look inside your car for some reason prior to the business meeting, I've been told by a lot of guys worth a lot of money that if they see it's dirty, they're out on the business deal. Sounds crazy, but it isn't. Because if you drive around in a filthy car, if you drive around in a filthy interior, if you drive around in a car that doesn't make sense to somebody with some success, that's a huge problem. And actually, most people of success, when they hire a realtor, if your realtor shows up in a dirty car, you're out. You're not going to work with that realtor. It doesn't, it doesn't go to just big business deals. And so this guy has a lot of money, this previous owner, and he never did what was right for the car. Never, never maintained it properly, never cared for the paint, never cared for the interior, never cared for the engine, never replaced the cooling system with a modern cooling system, didn't do anything. Now, just because this is a friendly Ferrari to own and probably the most friendly ownership experience in the Ferrari lineup doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be maintained. So once I start going through the car very briefly, I'm like, we got to educate the new owner. And so I'm going to share with you guys a little bit today because I did massive restoration work for a lot of my career. And to be honest with you, as a company now, we have probably two or three restoration projects going on right now. I've shared the GTO. We have a Porsche Speedster. We have uh, a 1970s Bentley that's absolutely hideous that we're helping guide the restoration proje project for our customers as a service but it doesn't always lead to massive paint correction or anything like that. It's just a service we provide and, and my customers trust me that I know what I'm talking about. And usually it helps them to have somebody head up the restoration. And so I used to do this almost exclusively prior to starting my company and even early parts of my company, I did a lot of it. And so I see people talking about the restoration world and, and it's always undervalued. Restoration work is extremely expensive. It takes a ton of money. It takes a complete commitment from the owner to say, no matter what the cost is, I'm going to do it right. And the worst offenders in this restoration world are classic muscle cars. It's not even close. 
you know, somebody wants a 68 Camaro fully restored and they got 20 grand. Like happens all the time. Happens in every part of this business, but that's the part of the restoration market that's just completely, it, it's, it's wild. So you have to realize that the mistakes that I've made is I've always, when I started was I didn't really know how much time, effort, how many things you could open up and it just created a whole nother headache. I remember we did a Ferrari restoration years ago where we got almost to the full end of the restoration and we started to almost put the car back together. And we found in this little nook and cranny on an underside support of the engine, some light rusting that even when they did the uh, bead blasting, they didn't find it didn't really show up because it was on this really, really small nook underneath the hood or excuse me, underneath the, uh, the front fender that was kind of adjacent to the engine compartment. And we had to basically scrap weeks and months and, and, and all this planning because we had to start and go get that handled, fabricated, cut out all kinds of stuff. But when you do restoration work for real, the amount of things you can open up and find a $10,000 bill that's owed is, is incredible. And so when I started going through the car and this mechanic, this buddy of mine, he's got a, he's got a fatal flaw that a lot of people have is that he doesn't think he's worth the money that he has to charge to do this right. So the one thing I have to do with somebody like that is just a learning experience is I need to say, Hey man, if you think there's $25,000 worth of engine work you have to do, let's bid it at 35,000. So that guy, if we keep it to 20 or 25, the guy's ecstatic. But if we go over by 10 grand, nobody's surprised. And you'll watch the mechanic, my buddy, Mark, his, his face will like turn white. He's like, Oh, I don't know if I could. it's like, no, man, we need to do that. You must do that. Trust me. But here you have a 328 GTS Ferrari that's been completely, completely mishandled. And so I want to walk through some numbers here and tell you why it's silly not to maintain these cars properly. Not just this car, but most cars of this ilk. There's a reason that we shouldn't be in the restoration world. Number one, you should have enough class to take care of the car. But let's push that to the side and do the math. This is about a 30-year-old car, right? If I'm doing my, my numbers right, um, you know, 25-year-old car. So let's just round up to 30 to be very frank and, and, and have some even numbers. This car would probably cost you somewhere around $3,000 a year to maintain, most likely less than that because this Ferrari has Bosch parts, easy to get, things like that. Uh, you know, you could have waxed the car from 1987 to now, kept it freshly waxed, the car be in perfect shape. There's plenty of car collections that don't code any cars. They've just been waxed since 1985, and those car collections are in mint condition. This car could have been waxed for 25 years, and the paint would have been acceptable. Could have put the right tires on it and cared for the wheels and gone through the engine and done the, the cool, the cooling system upgrade. And so let's say over 30 years, you average $3,000 a year in maintenance costs. That's $90,000 you would have spent to maintain this car. 
you paid 65 for it. So you have $155,000 into the car. A perfectly maintained, great shape one of these that's been enjoyed, that people want to buy, you should have no problem getting around 150, 125. You would almost got all your money back. You would have owned this great car to drive. You would have had all this fun for 30 years and you got damn near, if not more than all the money you put in. That's what you call cheap mileage. And those are the two words that are the bedrock of this type of car ownership. Cheap mileage. How much did you pay per mile to enjoy the hell out of this car? And this would have been a low cost, cheap mileage car if you did everything right while you own the car. Maintain the exterior. Again, I'm not saying coat the car and PPF the car and this big, I mean, that'd be great. But from 1987 to now, if you kept a fresh coat of wax on it, you'd have been fine. And there's plenty of cars from the 80s and the 70s and the 60s that have never had anything but a high quality wax on them for the time. The best wax you could buy. Many of you don't want to hear that, but there's extremely valuable cars that should never have a coating, no matter what anybody tells you. And there's a paste wax on it, 24-7, 365, and it's been maintained properly been kept clean the engine's been maintained so here's a 328 gts largely not considered a special vehicle you know just a nice vehicle to own fun plenty of power five-speed manual tons of fun right not the perfect ferrari not some crazy valued ferrari you would have gotten every dollar you ever spent on the car basically back and in some cases more i've seen these cars go for 200 what if you had 150 in total ownership cost? We're not talking insurance. I understand that. Well, let's just talk about the car ownership part besides the insurance because insurance so fluctuates. What if you would have made 50 grand and owned it for 30 years and done it the right way? So the crazy part of this is what most people never put together about car ownership of these types of cars is that in most cases, you're going to get some great money back. Yeah. In, in most cases you're going to lose, but I'd rather lose 30 grand less because I did the right thing. I've told people this story about an S 63 AMG Benz 180, 180,000 off the lot. Most people were getting $90,000 on their trade-in similar mileage to my customer. My customer got $120,000 for her trade-in. She didn't spend anywhere near that on our services. So is it worth making an extra $20,000 while driving around a perfectly detailed vehicle, perfectly cared for it engine? Yeah, it is. It's, it's way worth it. But now we get into the conversation after I walk you through uh, my little tirade there because I can't stand how many people I got a 2008 BMW E90 M3 I just took possession of that's mine you know where it's at right now it's at the mechanic and here's the conversation I had with the mechanic I want the wheels pulled off I want the brake system gone through I want the electrical system gone through I want every fluid changed 
It's got 37,400. Let's round up and say 30,000, 37,500 miles on it. I want every service all the way up to 50,000 miles done on the car while it's in here. This isn't because I want to spend money. It's because I take pride in the things I own. I also am making a bet that me paying $37,000 for this car, that this car should at some point be worth 60, 70, 80, $90,000. And that all the money that I spend while I'm enjoying the hell out of the car is going to come back to me in some way. Now, is there a chance that I'm going to be wrong? Yeah, but there's no downside to this car. I want to own it. I'm going to have a hell of a time. If it goes to zero, I don't care. But I'm in the car business and I'm making a bet on this car. And I believe that I'm going to be right. Now, am I going to be right that it's going to be worth 50 million? No, but it could be worth 60. I could probably get 60 right after I paint correct, take care of all the engine maintenance and get this car gleaming like it's never. All the tents got to be pulled off, by the way. That's a, that's a new thing I found. Why people cheaping out on tent just drives me nuts. So I'm going to get the car right. I already see burnt paint. I already see where somebody screwed up. I already see where people haven't taken care of the car because they look at a 2008 BMW M3 and they say, oh, you know, I just want to own it. You know, the first 15,000 miles. We'll care for the car because somewhere down the line, your car karma, and yes, it's a real thing, is going to come back to haunt you because you didn't do the right things with this car that you sold to someone else. You're going to get used and abused in the car market somewhere down the line. And I believe in that. So I'm going to have the car gone through and everything's going to be done right. Then I'm going to bring it in here and I'm going to try to fix the paint to the best of my ability. Then we're going to get PPF every inch of the car. Now we're in a situation. What a great car. This car is ready to enjoy for the next 50,000 miles. That's pride of ownership. This isn't me talking. It's just logic. Take pride in these cars. If you got a 2015 BMW M3. Take pride in it because at some point that car is going to be valuable in the market, not worth millions, but really a car somebody wants to enjoy. So why wouldn't we all just take care of them? And this Ferrari is the perfect example of what not to do. And so let me break it down pretty quickly about how serious I take these initial conversations, because yesterday we sat down with the owner of this car now, and we had to break it to him that he may have. 50 plus thousand dollars in restoring this car, 60,000, 70,000. Once we crack this egg open, we don't know where the yoke is going to run to. We don't know how bad it's going to get. But here's the advice I give anybody trying to chase this work or try to get into this work. You better be ready for a, a lot of things to go wrong and more money having to be thrown at it. And I always lead these conversations with this thought. I'm going to tell you enough bad news that I'm going to find out if you have an unlimited checkbook to make this car right. Because if somebody has a budget and the budget is getting talked about from the beginning, I have found that's failure. Because that is somebody who's either never had somebody speak to them honestly about restoration work of this kind. And that's usually the problem. Or B, they've always tried to think that they know what they're talking about and that they have an idea in their head and this is how the idea is going to go. Now, you may budget $75,000 for this type of restoration. You may get into it and it costs you 20000 
you may get into it and it costs you 140. <laughs> I mean, that's how wild the numbers are. So if it's 20, everybody jumps for joy. But if it's a hundred thousand plus, is that guy going to cut the check? Or are you going to end up with a car in your shop with unpaid bills? And now all of a sudden you got to finish the project to get your money back. And you got to put more money into the project to get it right. And that happens more times than actually a restoration being completed. I see a lot of talk about restoration work. I don't see people putting real numbers to what these things take. And you may be looking at a car that was $63,000 new that could have been maintained properly. And we could be sitting here. All we're doing is a quick polish on this thing to get it ready for sale. And this guy making 170 on the sale. That's where we should be at. But now we're in a tear down restoration moment. And I knew the moment I looked at the car because I knew the previous owner, obviously, but when you can't be bothered to put the right size tires on your Ferrari, we got a big problem. And I think even though the electrical system in this car is not a traditional Italian, horrible experience, what's the odds the electrical system isn't going to have to be completely redone. What's the odds that this engine's probably going to have to have some level of a rebuilt situation. It's pretty low. I mean, we're, we're probably talking about rebuilding this car. I hated seeing it. You want to talk about something that makes me mad. It's, it's kind of irrational because I know how easy it is to do the right thing. I know how easy it is. This guy could have had this at a, at a quality mechanic once a year, had the car gone through fluids replaced or whatever maintenance needed to be done. And he would have most likely spent less than $3,000 a year on maintenance. It, this is a very user-friendly Ferrari. Matter of fact, I'd love to own this. And so if this project goes south, I, I may find a way to, 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 to put something together where I can bring this in and, and, and do something with the car. It's a, it's a far-fetched idea, I know. But I know enough people that would like to own this car that maybe I could have some fun with it for a while and, and kind of offload it into a collection or two. But we could be looking at 50, 60, 70, 80,000 dollars in restoration work. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but for a 60,000 dollar car that should have just been maintained, it's a lot of money. And certainly not something that every owner and this owner wasn't ready to hear it. And so now we have the task of, is this person going to go down this road and he's, is he going to do the right thing? I mean, we'll sign agreements and there'll be all kinds of legal documents and whatever, but that stuff doesn't mean anything. You still have to enforce it. You still have to hire an attorney if he does something wrong. That's just to keep an honest man honest. But I wanted to share this with you. Hope everybody got something out of it. Hopefully you didn't uh, get offended by my class of ownership comment, but that's how I feel. I just bought a BMW that most of you don't care about. I'm going to do the right thing. Not because I'm the best person in the world, but because I care about cars. And I think they should be preserved. As we go into the EV phase of car building, these internal combustion engine cars are going to become more and more important to preserve. Because if you care about driving a stick shift, if you care about a gated six speed, if you care about driving something that, that gives you a feeling of what you used to want to own and having some fun on the weekend. Th this is your last hope, man. If this hybrid 
uh, electric world takes over, which it possibly could. And that's the way we're going. These cars are going to matter to those of us that love cars. Start enforcing with people to maintain cars properly. And I know in detailing, we hate that word maintenance. A lot of people are above and beyond. They don't, they don't maintain cars. That's why you roll up on a 328 GTS that's not in good shape and could be headed for the junkyard if somebody doesn't step up and return, return this car to its glory with a checkbook. That's where these things end. I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, visit us on Facebook, HyperClean Specialist Group. A lot of fun. Visit us on hypercleanstore.com. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week on the Detailed Car Collection.